Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go to get engaged, whether getting the ring there or, or just getting engaged on the steps out front. Seventh and Walnut in Philadelphia or always online at LLPavorsky.com. Mike, we have a very big show coming up Huge. right here. Huge show. First ever uh, active player. Not just active sixer, but active player ever on the yeah. rookie, right? Yeah, we had, Eric, we had Eric Snow, but long into his retirement and past his uh, falling asleep at the broadcast booth. But we got Stauskas. Yeah, Nick Stauskas. So, um, well, and we already recorded it, so we're yeah. We'll, well, it didn't go horribly wrong. Which yeah, is always- yeah. It went. It went. He was. Uh, you're gonna like him. Let's put it that way. You're gonna like the way he he talks. You know, Stauskas Warehouse. So uh, here it is: our conversation with Sixers shooting guard Nick Stauskas. Good morning, Hi, uh, room one one. May I have the name of the guest? Nick Stauskas. One moment. Thank you. I wish we were recording for this. We are. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We need the, that lady to sign a release. <laughs> Nick? Yep. Hey, it's Spike and Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, man. Great stuff. Thank thanks you. for calling. Thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, thanks for letting... Yeah, no problem. Thank you for letting Twitter harass you into uh, being on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's a dangerous precedent to set because now you succumb to peer pressure. I don't want you to get in with the wrong crowd. <laughs> but this is, this is the right crowd. You know what? It, it happens. It's all good. Cool, cool. Um, well, we're rolling. If you're ready, you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, like, you know, I mean, how do you like our fair city so far? I mean, we're we're very glad to have you. Were you expecting the? I feel like you got sort of a hero's welcome. Were you expecting that? I wouldn't say a hero's welcome. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But no, it's been it's been really cool. Um the fans in Philadelphia have been they've been really welcoming and um like you can just tell how passionate they are about the team here. And even though even though the team has been struggling over the last couple of years, like you can just tell how much they care. Um and how much they want the team to be successful again. So it's been really cool with my move and I really I've really only been in Philly for like a little bit over a week now, so so I haven't uh I haven't experienced too much of Philly yet, but from what I've seen so far it's been cool. So what is the uh the perception you had about the Sixers organization when you were in Sacramento or, or even still at Michigan and, and what's, what's changed since, since you got here? Well, from what I remember last year when I was with the Kings was like, they just, they just played, they just played really hard. Like I remember when we went to Philadelphia last year and played the Sixers, 
Um, I think we were up by like almost 20 points headed into the fourth quarter and we lost that game and like they just played hard the entire game like they never quit they were just like a grimy grinded out kind of team and it was tough to play against like they had just a bunch of young dudes on there who just wanted to play like who had fun playing with each other too so um, that was kind of the perception that I had last year the the perception that we hear a lot i mean is that because the the goal hasn't been like you know playoffs the last couple of years is that players don't want to come here had you heard any of that or was it not not something that ever crossed your mind um i mean i guess like there there could be some players around the league that think like that but for me like i just looked at this as a, as a great opportunity like and i think a lot of the young guys that we have on this team like that's the way they look at this is you know the 76ers is an organization organization being a great opportunity for us to um you know not only to prove ourselves but to you know just to win games like i feel like as a young player in this league it's an opportunity to um, you know, we we don't have any veterans to really rely on. Like, we don't have anyone to carry us. Like, we're all we have. So, um, it's an opportunity for us to kind of like win games on our own, and and like I said, prove ourselves in this league. So you were in Sacramento for a year. What's the what's been the difference, just I guess culture wise, between there and here um, that you've noticed so far? I'd say the biggest thing is probably player development. Like. When I came to Philly, it, it's just it's unbelievable how much stress the coaches and the whole staff put on like getting better every day, and I love it. Like I'm all about that, um, and that's the reason why I got to where I am right now. Is like in my career because I just I love I love skill work, I love drill work, I love getting better every day, and like every day we come into practice and there's so much emphasis put on improving the little things like improving little defensive things improving little offensive things and with that mindset they kind of just look at it as like every day if we can push ourselves to get a little bit better then eventually we're going to become a really good team and I think that's a that's a pretty cool mindset to have yeah and and does that does that sort of loop in with with like sports science in a way or or is it just is it just drill running as well um I mean, I don't know if it's like if it's really sports science. I think they, it just that sports in general. Like I think if you put in enough time with anything, like if you put in enough effort and you have the right people around you who are teaching you the right things, then you know eventually you're going to be learning and you're going to get better and you're going to become successful. Uh, speaking of science, I've, I've ne- or not science, but just physical, you know, injury stuff like that. I've never had you ever heard of a stress reaction before they told you you had one. I'd never heard of that before. The only other time I've heard about is, is um, I know last couple of years Bradley Beal has missed like a significant amount of games with the same mm-hmm. kind of with the same kind of injury. But other than that, I've really never heard of it. Are you all right? How are you feeling? I mean, that, that, that there was somebody actually brought up the Bradley Beal thing after yours got diagnosed. Like, is it something that they notice that you don't really feel, or is it just like discomfort? How are you? And and I guess what do you expect moving forward? Uh, I'm okay. Um, basically, what happened was I was in training camp and I started feeling um, started feeling a little bit of discomfort in my shin, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to stop playing. I wanted to continue, kind of just going through training camp, doing my thing because it wasn't a pain that 
completely prevented me from playing. Um, and even right now, it's I don't think it's a pain that would completely prevent me from being on the floor. But the way we looked at it is if I don't take care of this now and I keep aggravating it in the preseason, it's going to be something that I'm going to be dealing with the entire 82-game season. So we're just being smart about it now. We're just trying to get, you know, we're just trying to get completely 100% healthy. We're trying to get rid of it before the season starts. So, you know, once game one starts, I'm for sure good to go. No problems. Well, let me tell you something, Nick. Uh, if there's one thing I've noticed about the the Sam Hinkie era in Philadelphia is that they will be patient with injuries. <laughs> so, so they will, you know, they, it, it seems like every everything over the last couple of years, which must feel good to you as a player, but every time somebody's been hurt over the last couple of years, it's always been better safe than sorry. You know, let them let them sit out an extra two weeks rather than bringing somebody back quickly, which is probably something that you know I, for you as a player must feel good, right? Right? Yeah, it's it's well, you know being injured is never easy. Like it's it's tough coming to games and just watching. Like I've never really done this in my career. Like I've never came to games and just watched and realized I'm not going to play. So for me, it's not easy, but it is it is good to know um, that you're not going to be pressured into coming back even if you're not ready and. I've never, I haven't been in the league too long, so I don't know how how a lot of other teams, you know, work with injury prevention and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, as a player, like it's it's tough if you're hurting, and you know the you know the front uh, the front office and the coaches and whatnot. If they're if they're all pressing you to come back, like it's, I would imagine that wouldn't be easy to deal with. So it's it's been great so far as. As far as the uh, the coaches and the staff and, and everyone kind of supporting me through the injury, it's been really good. What, what's it like getting traded after your your rookie season? Now we're we're really happy that you're in Philadelphia, but it seemed to us that after the 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 Kings seemed to be very excited upon drafting you, and then it seems like they gave up way quicker than they should have, and now you're in Philadelphia. So how's it feel to be? What what was it like to just get traded after just a rookie season where you were all hyped going in? Uh, it was an experience. Like it was something that not everyone goes through. Um, but sure. I was prepared for it. I was prepared for it definitely. And um, near the time near the time of the trade, I'd say a couple of weeks before, I believe it was July first. Like I was given. I was given somewhat of a warning from the team, so I I kind of knew that it was I kind of knew that it was coming. I knew that there was a possibility of it, so it wasn't like I was completely blindsided or, you know, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. Um, so I was expecting it, and like I just looked at it like that night when I found out about it. Like I just looked at it as like a completely fresh start, a new opportunity with a new team, and I think that was the best way to look at it. I'll tell you, if we were talking about perception of the Sixers from other places. The perception of the Kings is pretty crazy. Like, it, it seems from far away, it seems pretty crazy. Was it as sort of scattered and, and crazy from the inside as it seemed like from the outside? Could you ask that again? I, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really get the question. I'm, I'm sorry. It, the perception of the Kings from from far away seems like oh, seems, it seems okay. crazy. Yeah. Is it was it was it as difficult? It se- it just seems difficult. Was it as difficult from far away as it was? Was it as difficult inside as it seemed like it was far away? 
Well, first, I think I think the media definitely blows things way out of proportion. Um, I think that's I think that's the the first and most important thing because every team in the NBA has their problems. Every team has their day-to-day issues that that go on with, you know, chemistry and, you know, locker room stuff and losing games and all and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. I just feel like so much of what happened in Sacramento was just completely blown out of proportion. Like we had a group we had a group of good guys and like for me I got along with everyone on that team. Like I genuinely enjoyed being with everyone on that team and you know sometimes whether you know we were just losing or the, the the coaching changes or whatever, like there were just so many fingers being pointed in the media, and I feel like that's why sometimes it was blown out of proportion. But for me, I just looked at it, it was it was a crazy year, like with the coaching changes and you know for me like trade deadline, I was in all the trade rumors. Like it was just a lot to go through as a rookie, but I feel like it, I'm I'm going to be a better player because of it. Like not many people experience that as a rookie and I feel like I'm I'm going to be better because of it. Yeah. What uh what sort of steps have you taken? I mean, you definitely improved at least numbers-wise over the first and second half of the season. What was the difference there and how and how what steps have you taken to sort of uh improve on the court this year? Well, to be completely honest, one, I'd say one of the biggest reasons why after the All-Star break I, you know, had a jump in the minutes I was playing and um, my actual performance was when we traded for Andre Miller, um, mm-hmm. I really I really love playing with him. Like, that guy's probably one of the smartest basketball players I've ever played with in my life. And I just remember every time I stepped on the floor with him, I could count on at least two or three wide-open jump shots as soon as I got in the game. Like, I could count on it, at least two or three wide-open jump shots or an easy layup in transition. And as a rookie in this league and someone who's known as a shooter, like, there's nothing better for your confidence than knowing you're going to come into the game and you're going to get a few easy looks. So I definitely I definitely owe a lot to Andre. And not only Andre, but at the end of the day, like, you know, playing through the season, eventually you're you're getting experience every game. So, you know, 50, 60 games into the season, I started feeling a little bit more comfortable. I started trusting myself a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I think during uh, during the end of the season, like, I strung together. I strung together a few good games here and there. Um, and it was just just me being more confident, I think. You know, uh we we had Brett Brown on the podcast once, and we've I've talked to him, and the the press loves him, and he just seems he seems like he'd be an amazing guy to play for. Your impressions of him so far of Brett? He's a he's a he's a really he's a really good coach. Like he knows he knows his stuff. I you know I think back to to training camp and, and all of our practices that we've been having, it's unbelievable the amount of actual teaching that he does. Um, you know, even when we're, you know, we're, we're scrimmaging or whatever it is, like you would be amazed at the amount of times where the scrimmage is just stopped or like it's literally every couple of plays, everything is stopped and he comes into the middle of the floor and grabs someone and face-to-face talks to them and teaches them something about what he saw on that play and it just kind of shows like how much he cares and not only only how much he cares but how much he knows like he's willing to teach all the time and I think that's a that's a pretty cool um 
a pretty cool trait to have in your coach because you know he's trying to get you better. It's pretty crazy, too. I mean, the team's won 37 games in two years. And to to every, there hasn't been one, like, bad story out of the locker room in those two years. And then you watch oh, – when, when we watch you guys together, everyone looks like they're having a, a great time. And it seems like that probably on some level comes from him, right? Yeah. I think, I think the um... – it starts with him and it starts with the whole coaching staff and just the mentality that they install on us. But the way they've kind of explained it is like win or lose, we're going to come in every day and we're just going to work hard. And I kind of touched on that before, but the amount of emphasis they put on skill development and, and the work we do in practice, it's I've never seen anything like it before. And so like they were telling me that last couple of years like there was some there was a losing streak that there are I don't know how many games it was but it was it was a huge losing streak and they said if you were to walk in the gym at that point you wouldn't have known that they're on that big of a losing streak because they just came in every day and worked and that's the only thing you can do at that point if you're on a if you're on a 10 15 game losing streak coming into practice and feeling sorry for yourself that's that's really not going to do anything. The only thing you can do is come in and work to get better. And I think that's probably one of the coolest parts of you know being in this organization and being with Coach Brown and being with these guys. And on top of that, too, I think I think one of the biggest things about this team that separates us from other teams is we have so many young guys on this team that you know they don't have a lot of uh, they don't have a lot of NBA experience or you know have maybe spent time in the D league or whatever and like we have guys that are genuinely happy to be in the NBA and they don't take this for granted so even when we're on a losing streak there's guys here who are like I think they come to practice every day and they're like I, I play basketball for a living. Let me enjoy this and let me work hard, regardless whether whether we're winning or losing or winning, winning or losing. And I think that's a great mindset to have. Has anyone specifically told you that you have to trust the process or (laughs) do you just trust the process naturally and it just feels right? Um, I think every, I think like, I think everyone just trusts it. Like it's tough. It's tough. I can imagine for the guys that have, you know, been here the last couple of years, like, I can imagine it gets tough through an 82 game season when there's just a lot of losses and you're not winning you're not winning games consistently. Like I can imagine how it would be tough to trust it when that's going on, but I mean so far I just think I think everyone actually does trust it and it's like it's going to be tough at times, but I think everyone really does trust it. Let's take a quick break during this interview with Nick Stauskas to talk about one of our favorite people, and that is L.L. Pavorsky of L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers. Look, I got engaged couple years ago. It is a very, very, very intimidating process. You're, you're excited, right? But, you know, there's the rest of your life to look at. And then there is getting the ring. And, you know, jewelry stores can be scary places, too. There's tons of salespeople. They, you know, like you have to buzz the door to get in. It's, you know, like it just it's a scary place. I'm telling you, if you're if you want to get engaged and you have to buy the ring, the, the place to get rid of all the bad parts about a, a 
jewelry store and that only has the good parts is LL Pavorsky Jewelers to see our friend Lee who owns it who of course is Jake's dad come on Jake's dad so and which you know Mike mentioned last time you know you have an opening conversation you can talk to him about Jake you can talk to him about the Sixers he's been at the lottery parties right he is one of us and and he makes it I'll tell you like and knowing Lee I know Lee really well I've talked to him now you know I've been to the store and I've you know got stuff for Val at the store and I can just tell you like he just cares and he is you know low in there's no intimidation and he's willing to take the time to explain everything for you there's a lot of things that go into buying a ring man there's there's the diamond itself and they talk about clarity and weight and size and then there's the setting and then there's the band and he will just talk you through all of it and in a in a really sort of friendly low pressure way you walk in there it's just lee and like one other dude normally it's just it's a it's a good place to be and a whole and there's no pressure you know you you ask him a bunch of questions. He'll give you prices. It, it's not like you got to sign your life away as you walk out of there. He'll let you think on it. Um, and it, and again, and no matter how much you spend, a uh, an engagement ring can cost. You know, if you're getting married to Kim Kardashian, it can cost a million dollars, or an engagement ring can cost eight hundred dollars. You know, no matter how expensive the ring is, Lee is going to take the time to to really make it right for you. Um, so I, I'm telling you honestly from me to you, from Mike to you, if you need an engagement ring, and if you're already married, you know, you need a little gift for you screwed up or Valentine's Day or you did something wrong. You screwed wrong, up. You know, you did something wrong. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. The store is at 707 Walnut. Um, you can find all their hours at LLPavorsky.com or Lee is on Twitter. He'll answer every tweet at LL Pavorsky. And as the official jeweler of the Ricky, LL Pavorsky Jewelers will make generous donations every podcast to the Alzheimer's Association and Rain. Um, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Come for the jewelry, stay for the porn music on the website. <laughs> All right, now back to the uh, the interview with Nick. Cool. It, is there a Sixers player that you've been surprised how good they are? Like that 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 since you've been around them, that you you just didn't expect that guy to be that good. Um, you know what? I always knew how I always knew Isaiah Kanan was really good, really talented. Coming out of college, he was a really good scorer, like he could really shoot it. And last year when he was with the Rockets, I remember he had like he had like 20 something on us when we went to Houston and played him. But just getting to see him in practice, like I I really like his game a lot. He's um you know, first of all, he's he's a strong point guard. Like he's got a big body. Um, he's really well built and he's just got a great feel for the game. Like he could, he makes really good reads on offense. He, um, he plays great in the pick and roll, especially because of how well he can shoot it. I think he's been making a really good effort to, um, you know, become more of a point guard and get guys involved and make plays Mm -hmm. for other people. And he's got some really crafty finishes around the rim as far as, um, you know, his floaters, his touch off the glass and stuff. And just like I said, like, I, I always knew he was a really good player, but he's he's really impressed me over the last couple of weeks. And I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be a really solid player for this team for years, hopefully. That's great to hear. Uh, so you you have said that you're you've been a big Iverson fan. 
growing up. Obviously, a bunch of the people listening to this podcast grew up watching Iverson. Uh, talk to me about your relationship with Allen, either personally or just having watched him as a kid. Well, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have a relationship with Allen Iverson. I would love to be friends with him. That would probably it would almost make me cry. I think. <laughs> um, no, just growing up, like I don't know what it. I don't know what it was. I I think I you know I do know what it was. It I think, and this is why I kind of became the player that I did. As far as like, you know, people always say like, oh, you you know, you play with edge, like you play with swagger, like. You know, people enjoy that, and I think I got that from watching Allen Iverson. Um, and growing up, like, you know, whether it was wearing the headband or wearing the arm sleeve or, or whatever, like, <laughs> I was that kid trying to imitate him. I was that kid, like, watching <laughs> the highlight tapes and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, when I was uh, when I was 11 years old, I was I was Allen Iverson for Halloween. Like, I had the headband on. I had the jersey. I had a Sixers warm-up jacket. I had the Sixers tearaway pants, and I was wearing yes. the questions. And, like, I was that kid who just idolized him and thought he was, you know, one of the greatest athletes in the world. So... Um, to now be playing in the same organization as him and, you know, to hear the stories about him and, and see how much the city embraces him. It's, it's just, it's cool. Do you have any other, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I just want to know, do you have, if you want to do an an impression of the practice rant, now is definitely the time to do it. We, we talking about practice, Not, (laughs) not, not the game. Not the game, not the game that I go out and die for. Not the game. We talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> I love do you, it. Do you have any other like favorite players growing up? I'm just just curious. Uh, I would say up until I'd say up until I was about twelve, um, twelve years old. Like my favorite players were AI. Um, I love Vince Carter because he was, you know, he was in Toronto and that's where I grew up. I loved Kobe. And then once I was 12 years old and like LeBron was on the come up, I I became the biggest LeBron fan in the world. Like it was every single year for Christmas, my Christmas present used to be going to Cleveland to watch him play. So I, wow. I was a huge LeBron fan. Well, and then getting getting the opportunity, you know, Iverson, you didn't get to play against, but LeBron, you've seen, you know, on the court. I mean, I, I imagine he was there for at least one of the games you guys played them last year. Is he as impressive, I guess, on the court as you would have imagined? You know what? Actually, when we played them, when we played them last year, the first the first time we played them in Sacramento, no, he was um, he was hurt. I oh, think he was okay. out for like two weeks with some kind of with knee inju- with a knee injury or something. He was ducking. The you. second time we, the second time we played him, he was I believe he was questionable for the game. And so we didn't think he was playing. And then last second, he like he suited up and he started for them. But he didn't have um, he didn't have a great game. Like I think he ended up having like twelve, thirteen points, something like that. Like he didn't play a lot of minutes either. Like he struggled from the field. Field. So um, he didn't play his best game. But like just being on the floor with him, like his presence and like just the way he controls their offense, it was cool to see that just up in person and on the floor. Uh. You said in interviews that uh, that you that you grew up at some point at least when you were growing into a basketball player, uh, emulating the way Ray Allen played and he shot. Uh, 
so when can we expect he expect he got game two? This time it's Stauskas. <laughs> <laughs> he got game two. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I. You don't think they're that. coming I don't here think for that? I fit that role. <laughs> I don't think I fit that role. But I think they're reimagining the character it, for you. Yeah, maybe we need to like maybe we need to recreate the story a little bit. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but um, no, Ray. You know, he got game. It's definitely one of my favorite movies ever. And um, you know, just as a player too, like you have to respect Ray Allen and everything he's done throughout his career. Like he was a pro, he was a pros pro, like the definition of a pros pro. Like came in every day, and this is just from what I heard. But he came in every day, had his routine, stuck to it worked hard at what he did and I don't know how many years he ended up playing but he was successful throughout his entire career like there wasn't one season he ever had where he wasn't a meaningful piece to the team that he was on so you I mean you have to respect that with a guy like that with all that you've talked about and and you know the the stress that they put on development is there ever any talk about goals as far as like the team, like specific wins, like this is what we we want out of this year, or is it all just pretty much about getting better? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a I wouldn't say there's a specific number that they like throw out and be like this is how many games we want to win. I I would say that it's more just let's get better. I think that's that's more of the mindset. Um. Now you you know. Uh, we we have to talk about the Sauce Castillo thing for a second because Sixers Twitter and like the Sixers are are intertwined in that. I would imagine. Do you do you know like that you were bound to come here because of that? Yeah, it was it was it, Sauce was born against Philadelphia. So yes. it's, yeah, it's cool. It's cool how it's cool how that kind of worked out. But yeah, honestly, just. Uh, it's just, it's really weird, like, I, w- I have my own hot sauce, like, I would have been <laughs> the last person, and I am the last person in the world that would expect to have a hot sauce, so, it's just cool how, it's cool how things work out, and how, like, the NBA can kind of be used as a platform sometimes for cool things like this, and, um, and yeah, like, I just, I just kind of embraced, I embraced it. The because uh, the guy that noticed it is a guy that uh, is named Andrew Underberger, and he he writes here, and he's a Sixers guy, and he was the one, you know, he, and he listens to the podcast. So I, from what I can understand, he was the one that noticed it, and and then Sauce was born. So we probably owe him a thank you. He's almost your father. Yeah, <laughs> I I may I may or may not owe him some money. If if you were given the shot uh, in the gym, a hundred three pointers, you versus Covington, who hits more of them? Ooh, uh, I love I love Coven. He's a really good shooter, but I just I'm a, I, I'm just one of those kids. Like, and this is why some people hated me coming out of Michigan. But I'm just I'm cocky. Like that just <laughs> that's just what made me who I was. So I don't think anyone's beating me. That's just the way I am. Uh, not to bring everything back to the Kings, I'm sure you always want to look towards the future, but I got to ask, because Grantland released that that pre-draft video of the Kings. Oh, did, did, you see, did you see that video? And what were your thoughts kind on of, 
You know what? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Let's go. I like, I, I never fully watched it. Okay. Because I knew how I knew that I'd probably cringe if I watched the entire thing. <laughs> Good decision. Good call. So, so the words um, like Nick Nick rocks doesn't mean anything to you. Well, <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. So, like, I mean, I just got drafted. Okay, so uh-huh. I'm I'm sitting there, like. Best night of your life. Realizing, like, oh my, oh my God, I, I just got picked with the eighth pick in the draft. Like, not in my wildest dreams, even growing up as a kid, to ever think this was going to happen. Like, the day's actually here. So I'm, I'm in a different world at this point. Right. And when they, when I picked up that phone and called them, like, it just threw, it just threw me off because <laughs> they were like, we're going to give you like a nice warm California welcome. And like, I just thought the phone call was going to be a little bit more serious. You know what I yes. mean? Like they were like one, two, three, Nick rocks. I was sitting on the other side of the phone. Like, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was just kind of speechless at that point. So, um, no, like I, I really appreciate them like giving me the opportunity and, I could I I literally can't thank them enough. Like they took me with the eighth pick in the draft and they believed in me, so I do owe them a lot. But it was it was a little bit awkward at times just with like with that like with that call and like just the way the just the way they were, it, it was a little awkward. I'm not gonna I lie. would I would watch that video after there's a parade down Broad Street, you should watch that video the next day. <laughs> oh boy. I'm gonna try to stay away from it. It's probably it's probably good. So we end every podcast, and just so you know, Brett Brown did participate in this, even though it, it didn't seem like he was very happy about it. We end every podcast with a uh, something that we call the jigsaw, and what the jigsaw is is just a, a would-you-rather question with two options that are usually horrible. It's not like a would-you-rather have like cake or pancakes. It's usually like two bad decisions you have to decide between. Okay. So, so we have to give you one of those. Are you, you up for it? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. Play. I will play this game. Game. Play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? All right, here we go. Would you rather have to throw up twice a day for the rest of your life or have hair that grows at a really unreasonable rate, and that is all over your body. So it's not just your head, your face, your body, whatever. It is. It's constant. What color is you know the what? hair? What's that? What color is the hair? I think we got to know. Is it it's, regular your hair? It's regular Nick Stauska's hair. Okay. Oh, I get Nick Stauska's hair also. Is what you're saying. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm asking this of Nick. You can ask, okay. it, or you have Mike hair, but Nick okay, first. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I I'm go I'm a hundred percent going with the hair. I, I I do not do well with throwing up. Throwing up is not my thing. I can't I can't deal with it. Like when I I'm almost so like when I was um when I was in Mexico this summer playing for Team Canada I uh-huh. I had food poisoning um and it was I would say it was top five worst days of my entire life. Like I cannot deal with throwing up. So I'm going with the hair on that. 
Mike? I think I got I think I got to agree with the hair. It's there's that's at least kind of a cool thing. You could be like, yeah, I'm the guy with all this hair. Do you like but, Teen Wolf? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and so the, the the throwing up thing is just not is not for me. And, and by the way, Nick, I don't know if you're a video game guy, but they got your hair all wrong in NBA 2K. You have, like, weird, like, blonde, like, Ken doll hair. It's very strange. It doesn't Dude. look like you. Dude, I don't know what they're, like, okay, Every, like, people get scanned. People get scanned for this game. Like, they go, you go through, like, the scanners and all that, and, like, uh-huh. everyone else looks like themselves. They have their normal <laughs> hair. They have their tattoos and everything. <laughs> And I look at myself in the game, and I'm like, I don't think they, like, I think they scanned the wrong person and said it as me. That's not me. Yeah, you look like a creative player gone wrong or something. Like, it doesn't look like you. It just doesn't look like you at all. Well. Yeah. It just, it, 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 that, yeah, that just, it didn't work out. It didn't work out at all. <laughs> well, um, can we okay. get, before we let you go, can we get a prediction on what your line will be? Points, assists, rebounds this season. Uh, I'm not going to give you a number, but I can tell you this: it'll be better than what it, uh, it'll be better than what I had last year. Okay, I can get behind that. Well, uh, Spike think, it'll Spike be better, thinks you're going to get 25. Better than what I had last year, I can guarantee that. Well, I, I'll tell you this, Nick. I, I remember because the trade sort of broke here in the middle of the night, and. Um, I remember waking up and looking at my phone and like had a, a million tweets at, went because of the trade and the excitement level for acquiring Nick Stauskas within our like um, like the, the the fan base that exists now for the Sixers were all very crazy like it's a very very inclusive cultish kind of following and the excitement level for acquiring Nick Stauskas was was very 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 high just so you know like you the uh, the arrival of Stauskas was a really fun moment in the Sixers offseason this year. So we are probably as as glad to have you as you think that that the fans are. They're more glad to have you. So we're <laughs> we're very much looking forward to having you on the team this year. No, I I really appreciate that. Like that means a lot um to just kind of have a city embrace me like that and um like I think I think um Hopefully we can maybe do this show another time. Um, but like I think fans will start to get to know me and like I'm different. Like I don't want, I don't consider myself like a like a, a normal a normal athlete. Just the way I go about things is different, and I'm really motivated. Uh, and I've been mo- I've been really different my entire life, and that's what's gotten me to this point. So um, you know, hopefully over time, Sixers fans can see that about me, and they'll they'll appreciate that because. Um, this is this is what I love to do. I feel like this is what I was born for, and um, I'm excited for this opportunity. Like it's this is going to be the way I said before. Like this is a fresh start for me, and I'm I'm really I'm just really looking forward to it. Love it, man. Thank I just you got so chill. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, well, you know, I'm sorry to keep you one more second, but this is just a, a running conversation here. Do you think uh, when you're here, when the Sixers first make the playoffs, right? Let me set the scene for you. Sixers, <laughs> Sixers get back into the playoffs, right? And um, and you're in your first game, first home game, and you guys are battling back, right? You were down 20, and you're within four. The crowd's going wild. Do you ever see yourself perhaps – to, to get your teammates riled up and to get the crowd on their feet, maybe slapping the hardwood. Is that something that you think you could do? Slapping the hardwood? Yeah, like just, you know. I think I've maybe, I think I've maybe done that a, 
once or twice in my career before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember in college, in college though, like playing against Michigan State, they used to do that every possession. Like every <laughs> single possession, all five guys would slap the floor at the same time. So I could see myself maybe doing that. Like if, if I was really in the moment and the crowd was in it, I could, I could see yeah. Okay. It'd have to be the right moment, but I think we'd yeah. appreciate it a lot. Yeah, so just yeah, think yeah. About that. yeah. If it happens, know that we're we're uh, we're cheering. So, all right, Nick. Um, well, thank you so much, and uh, best get healthy because we want to see you on the court. Um, and best of luck this season. Thanks, right, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Oh, we yes, can. Sir. Yeah, you, you'll regret ask, you'll regret saying that. So, <laughs> <laughs> see you later, man. Thanks, man. All right, have a good one, guys. See Bye. Ya. You definitely got all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, okay. it's all there. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that was... Well, are, let we, me, are we recording now? Is yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. Ricky Nation is going to love Nick Stauskas after this yeah, interview. He, he, oh, man. He did himself a lot of good. He did himself yes, he a lot did. of good. Yes, he so did. Okay, well, we'll just make this the wrap-up then. Then, um, yeah. then uh, well, thank you for listening, and thank you so much to Nick. I mean, he answered every question, seemed like really honestly and great, and, uh, and it was awesome to have him on the podcast. So thanks to Nick, and thanks to... Uh, Thanks to everyone who helped, everyone on Twitter who helped make it happen, um, and everyone behind the scenes who helped make it happen as well. I really love him just saying, like, I'm different. Look, you guys are going to love me. And it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, this has been the uh, Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast, of course, brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Ricky listeners go to get engaged at uh, 7th of Walnut in Philadelphia or always online at llpavorsky.com. What do you think the second L stands for? Do we know this? <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a long time. And, uh, I have no I, idea. I just, I mean, it, I see LL and I'm just like, okay, ladies love. Like, yeah, it's 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 much better to not know. To be honest with you, I like yeah, it as a mystery. All right, I think you're right. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Like I said, won't you hit, son, and